It's morning with us. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. You're wearing this like glorious tiger lily and cheetah print caftan. You look like fucking oh, Blanche Devereaux. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm honestly, I feel like I am taking my final form. <laughs> you absolutely are. I am expanding in mind and spirit and yes. butt. <laughs> yes. You've you got that on. I look like Punky Brewster in my MeUndies onesie, which is... Oh, I thought I have so I have, I have panties in that print. I, was, I yes! thought that looked familiar. Yes! But it also looks very similar to a Le Sport Sack bag that I have, so I was... Oh, yes. I'm wearing <laughs> a Le Sport Sack onesie <laughs> with zippers and that weird embroidery on the sides. Of very horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this print that Lillian and I have, it, it almost looks like Keith Haring hearts, um, but yes. they're pastel on black. It's so comfy because this is not warm. Like, I don't have a single onesie that's not a, cu- and a cuddle. Plush. Right, exactly. Right. That's This right. is just a jumpsuit, and they are jumpsuit. so cute. It's just a jumpsuit yeah. that's perfect for a beautiful fucking sunny morning in April where it's going to be like 65 degrees. Eventually, yes. Um, Don and I, Don and I thought that we were going to wake up this morning and walk to a coffee shop. I mean, we have multiple coffee shops. There's a coffee shop that he and I were both missing. We were going to get up early and walk there, and then and he did the thing where he said, "Do you want to go?" He was like, "Good morning, good morning. Do you want to go?" And I was like, "Uh." <laughs> if you ever ask me if I want to do literally anything at seven fifteen in the morning. Which I set my alarm for, by the way. That's my right. That you was were prepared me. to do it. That's what's yes, super yes. Funny. But then he was like, "Do you want to do it?" And I'm never gonna say yes. I'm always gonna be like, mm. and he was like, "Well, I'm gonna go. What can I bring you back?" And I was like, "Oh, you're gonna walk like 40 minutes to the Starbucks and like uh, bring me some something back." I was trying so hard not to say Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> we were thinking about going to Gregory's too, but anyway. <laughs> You know, sometimes you have to scratch the corporate food itch, and it's it's fine. Yeah, that's um, totally okay. Although I should really never, ever, ever. I keep trusting their sous vide eggs, and it's a mistake every fucking time. Ew. Oh, no. <laughs> I wouldn't. That does seem like a mistake. Well, what kind of mistake, though? Is it a mistake for your tummy or for your mouth? Tummy. They taste oh. wonderful. And really? Then, okay. And then, I don't know, half an hour later, you're like, oh, gurgle, gurgle. This was a bad choice. Oh, no. <laughs> I really like I really like this sandwich on ciabatta with, like, smoked gouda or something like Ooh. that. Uh, back in the days where I, when I ate gluten, they made a wonderful ciabatta panini that was just pesto and mozzarella and tomato slices. And yeah, it was I remember so that. Good. Like it a caprese so sandwich. Mm-hmm. 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 Back when Starbucks was uh, was the family business, um, I remember <laughs> Andrew would Andrew they would have to damage out all this food at night. And oh like, my god, I forgot! I forgot that he used to work there. <laughs> yes, him too, and me too, because it was a horrible time in his life but um right <laughs> yeah they'd have to damage out a ton of food so the fridge was always stocked with those paninis which were my favorite fucking thing mm-hmm. and cake pops and oh uh, I, I can fuck with a cake pop oh i could definitely fuck with a cake pop they had like uh like more morning bun i forget what a morning bun was but it was my favorite <laughs> Morning so bun, morning bun. Sometimes uh, in in the winter time, I'd get that fucking 
icing cranberry swirl bar. Oh, mm-hmm. mm. yeah, I know exactly what that is. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There were some good yeah. scones. Th- their scones were actually quite good. I'm not a scone person. I'm typically not a scone person either. <gasps> Once again, I respect them for what they are. But We yes, do. Who? I can't wait. Maybe now that vaccine is a thing and we won't be, yeah. I don't know, put in a tent with a bunch of other <laughs> virus people, I totally would love to make another attempt in Chester uh, at going with you and Don to oh, Sally Lynn's to tea the, house. To the tea house. It's yes. so precious. In a tent with other virus people. It was okay. <laughs> Fuck buddies. So what? I, I wasn't I, worried about the virus people. I was worried about the five thousand yellow jackets. Oh my god. Oh right. Oh god. Yes. So <laughs> back in October, <laughs> when the virus was actually at kind of a lull in Jersey, uh, I've seen Lillian a handful of times this past year, and we went. Uh, we were gonna go like pumpkin picking. But the farm where pumpkin picking was happening was so overrun with people that I was like, uh, let's go to the town next door and maybe just do some like window shopping and like a stroll around. And there's this wonderful tea house there. It's so quaint and it's legit English. Like it's owned by little old English biddies. And you just drink a ton of it's like Alice's teacup, but in yes, Jersey. it is. It is just yes. like Alice's and teacup. named after a colonial lady. Yes, and uh, and you know because of the virus, uh, they did have indoor dining if you wanted, and it was like no thanks. Then they did have outdoor dining, but they had set up giant tents where there really was no airflow, and people still sat closely together. And I was like, well, that's a problem. But also, <laughs> yeah. in the fall. Our unbees go ballistic. They're everywhere, especially yellow jackets. And there's just like sugar and tea and scones. And it was, I don't think it was a terribly cold day. So like. No, it was was warm and sunny and there was jelly everywhere. Yes. And and there were just clouds of yellow jackets. mm -mm. Oh my God. Yeah. I found a gif recently where, gif recently where somebody had a bee beard i don't know if you've ever seen i have seen yeah and somebody came along with like a leaf blower and blew the bees off of his face (laughs) and it's like it's like you were downwind from that (gasps) (laughs) right like somebody was blowing all the all the yellow jackets off someone else's face and into this little tent God, yeah, not yeah, ideal. It sure was. They were so visible. Like we, we, we maybe stood back twenty feet from the tent to take a peek inside to see how comfortable <laughs> that might be. Because they were like, we can seat you in the tent right away. And I was like, ah, tent full of yellow jackets and COVID. A tent <laughs> full of bees. <laughs> COVID and a yellow jackets. For your thoughts, a tent <laughs> full of bees. <laughs> Oh, and you know, at some point we were going to have to write a musical. Yes, yes. And in related cast, because as ever, I found, thank you, AI algorithms, for showing me what I really want from the internet, because the thing that came up on my Google screen was like, uh, man finds hive of 15,000 bees in his car. And I was like, clickety click, click. <laughs> It turns out this man, I think in like New Mexico, it was in the Southwest. Oh, man. I can't remember if it was Texas or New Mexico, but a man down there went 
to went to um a supermarket for just like 20 minutes and yeah. he cracked his window cuz it's balls hot in the southwest <laughs> and he went inside and he came back and a faction of a hive made of 15,000 bees had separated from their hive and swarmed this dude's cart they were just in it they went but he didn't notice until he started driving so it must have been like (laughs) yes it says he didn't he he had to pull over pull over that is such an act of personal physical restraint i am shocked let me tell you what would happen if i started driving when (laughs) i have a piece there would be no pulling over. There would be accidentally accelerating and screaming and blind fucking panic until I careened into a lake. Like you're trying like you're trying to outrun them. Yes! I guarantee you. That's exactly what would happen. Pull over. That man, that hero put on his blinker, I bet. <laughs> I want to know who counted them. The it had to be the apiarist. So yeah. this guy, yeah, some <laughs> like bee specialists must also then be uh, bee bee um, crowd estimators <laughs> by very nature. Bee security guards, bee bouncers, <gasps> bee bouncers. Bee bouncers! <laughs> um. There is a wonderful brand up here called Oh Honey, which the, the hives are actually two blocks away from where I live. We've got urban, uh, we've got like this lady who raises chickens. We've got people who are beekeepers. Like my neighborhood's cool as hell. It is um, so cool. Smack in between the Holland and the Lincoln Tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's spot. I'm telling you, you'll never taste honey like this. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, he has – he and his wife do this, at, like, as a side thing. And um, apparently he is the one that people call around here, not animal control or whoever takes care of it in New York City. Like, he's Jersey City's guy that they call to come get bees when shit like that happens. <laughs> God bless. He's such a darling, too. Anyway, the brand is called Oh Honey. Um, you should buy some. I love that. Yes, apparently I, the yes. Go on. Um, apparently the de rigueur uh, for something bad with bees is like you call the cops, and the cops are like, "We'll shoot them." And an apiarist is like, "No, don't." <laughs> Why would that ever be the default? Like, I can understand, like a like a smoke bomb. That makes sense to me. But like, or or even. Uh, inhumanely like a vacuum that makes more sense but shooting them (laughs) oh i think there are bee vacuums (laughs) i think there are two actually now that i said that (laughs) (laughs) i think that is the humane way yeah 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 it's a bee vacuum it's the opposite of the it's the it's the uh the opposite toggle switch of the bee bee leaf leaf blower blower. Yes. It's just a shop vac. For, exactly. (laughs) But for me. Well, this is our new venture. I'm Jen Ponton. I'm Lillian Bustle. And for only three installments of $49.95, you too can own a bee shop vac. Uh, This is all the fucks.
It is. Oh, all the fucks. All the fucks. It's full of, uh, I mean, I would say the feelings are not dissimilar to being chased by bees. Sure, sure. Um, but it's also about the honey, right? It definitely. Especially no. the illusion of the honey. <laughs> the, <laughs> a, a honey mirage on the horizon. Yes. With your ass full of stingers. <laughs> Forever chasing that honey. Oh Forever or at least that poor poop either- bear is gonna get a shot. Oh, either running from bees or chasing honey. That's all life is, right? That's it. That's it. And that is the Tao of Pooh. There, you have saved yourself the necessity of buying that coffee table book. I think that's a bathroom book. It's too little to be a coffee table book. This is true. That's right. It is a bathroom book. So unfortunate. What a what a travesty. Oh, Jesus. How do they get the rights to do that? Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Disney publications <sighs> for your toilet. Uh, <laughs> that makes me think. <laughs> Jim Gaffigan's thing about the hot pockets when he just says, open package and drop into toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I sure there's lots of people who have gotten a lot out of the doubt of poo, but I'm just saying. Um, we wish them well. Yeah, I I feel like we should talk about the Lena Dunham elephant in the room. God damn it. I'm so upset. I'm so upset. First of all, blanket truth. Blanket truth. Uh, okay. So, uh, non-fats or slash non-fashiony fats. 11 Honore is like a high-level designer brand that curates plus size designer pieces so um from people like christian siriano and um and like diane von furstenberg 11 honore exists oh i didn't know that oh yeah they exist they do also have a house brand um which is what we're going to be talking about but they also curate Higher size pieces from major, major designers. So it's not uncommon. Um, it's just, it's not uncommon to find, you know, a $6,000 dress on their website because they are there for like high it's level. Luxury. It's luxury. It's a luxury, it's a luxury brand. brand. Right. 11 Honore, been real excited about them. Know them. Been very excited about them for years because nobody is catering to a luxury plus size audience. And they have buyers, certainly including all plus size celebrities. And yeah. uh, what they, and, and they have not, have they done collaborations before? I want to say maybe, maybe one or two since they launched their house brand. But the news came out that 11 Honore was collaborating with brand new <laughs> notable fat notable activist. fat feminist icon <laughs> Lena Dunham <laughs> in the year of our Madonna 2021. What the oh what god the fuck? look at these beautiful Diane von Furstenbergs on here. Um yeah. yeah and and I just looked at the collection. It is 
you know, and on the off chance that well, Eleven Honore wants yet. to work with me at some point, you know, I'm, this is, you've done more good than bad. Yes, for sure. It's like, it's like, would you like a white shirt or a navy skirt or a navy oversized blazer that you can wear with the scalloped skirt? Ew. Or would you like a $98 white tank top? Nope. And also, none of this looks like stuff that she would even wear. Like, when I think of her, oh, it doesn't matter. Whatever. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It really Just another thing that I heard on the news this morning and was like, ugh. Oh, see, now that's interesting. I did not hear it on the news. I've been mostly unplugged for a while. I, like, I, I, I pop in from time to time, but I've been mostly unplugged for the greater portion of a month. And, um, and... When I think I probably found a repost from someone in the community on Instagram being like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, Or no, no, actually, correction. I think what it was, was I found someone who was excited about it and was like, OMG, good job, 11 Honore. And I was like, wait, what? It might have even been on April Fool's Day. And I was like, please, for the love of (laughs) Pete, tell me. That this is not where we're going. And then I clicked through to Eleven Honoré's page and I was like, fuck, no, no. And overwhelmingly, the comments were very disappointed in the brand. Uh, yeah, I don't know who is a Lena Dunham fan. And and if you are a Lena Dunham fan... Please explain. <laughs> how, how? Well, sure, but like presumably you like her for her acting and not her everyday fashion sense i can actually understand being like oh i liked all her crazy ass outfits and girls sure right yeah i don't i don't relate to that sentiment but i understand it slash that's not on her that's on the wardrobe supervisor right (laughs) congratulations on a great job but like how ad bryant launched a line kind of like paulette inspired inspired by the stuff that she was wearing on trill right though admittedly did not like those dresses. Because I didn't think that they no, were me a super match for her, how she was dressed on Shrill, either. I felt like they were pretty That's uniformly one exact shape, and I was like, eh. Yeah, over and over and over again. Yeah. But I happen to, I happen to like that shape. But e- even still, like, anyway, whatever. Just one more <laughs> thing that doesn't make sense. And, and like, on on any level. 2021... Michigas. There's not a <laughs> month that has gone by where she's done something redeeming for all of the terrible shit she's been doing no, for she years. Yeah. Like I saw I saw someone grab because there's always receipts. I saw someone grab a tweet of hers that was super racist. Super super oh, racist. Oh, was it there against, was a whole com Yes. Go on. Against Two ethnicities against black men and against Asian men. And I was like, Jesus Christ, girl, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, she effortlessly falls into being just so foolish, so foolish, so thoughtless, so casually cruel without any real cognizance of of the effect of her cruelty. 
No. Um, the one thing that I can say about her is that she's never tried to say that she was just being funny. Because <laughs> she's never been funny. She's not a funny person. Wow, we're really dragging this bitch. I, um, she, I, I just get so mad because I feel so much responsibility, especially as a white woman. And the more, and she is deeply privileged. Like she's, oh yeah, the epitome Both of, of her parents. Privilege. We're in like the Whitney. Yeah. Her parents are visual artists. She grew up in a loft in Soho. She made her first movie when she was like 16 because she could. Right. Because her parents paid for it. And then she had her film go to Sundance or whatever. And then Judd Apatow found it and was like, your film is brilliant. And like, I'd say I don't hate her as a creator, but it's she's done so much garbage yeah, uh-huh. uh, she she's just done so much garbage as a creator who had the opportunity to do better and chose to not. Yeah, and as a person, so I yeah. get really really mad because the mantle I feel like I'm not complaining about it, but the mantle I feel is heavier than she gives any thought to it being, and she <clears throat> does not yeah. take her responsibility seriously in the nope. fucking least. Mm-mm. So. I, I get, yeah, I get, I get mad about her. I really do. Like, and I don't hold, yeah. I, I, I didn't hold it against her in the beginning before we all knew that she was so thoughtless <laughs> and cruel and problematic and damaging before we mm-hmm. knew that uh, on a broad level. I was excited. I was like, oh, look at this totally normal body. Showing us sex, showing us, you know, her curves and her rolls and her dimples and, like, she's all the fuck out there. She's creating a show. And banging Patrick Wilson. Uh, Yes. (laughs) I mean, I was all for that representation way back when. But Mm -hmm. the way that she chose to conduct herself and continue whitewashing that show and, like, whitewashing, privilegizing a Brooklyn experience, it was just, it was like gentrification the series. It was. It was. And I was interested in it because of that. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 won't, I can't say that I liked the show, but I won't say that I hate watched it either. <laughs> I, I was interested in it because it reflected a ton of my experiences moving up to New York. And I know a version of each, each one of those women. Mm-hmm, like, I'm mm-hmm, recognizing mm-hmm. that the show is fully problematic in, in every way along the way, including her relationship with her gay friend. But anyway. Yes, um, for sure. Like, it... it, it was fascinating for me to see that level of nonsense reflected on screen mm. so sincerely. Right, right, because it wasn't satirical. And if it was satirical, there should have absolutely been more people, especially women of color, calling it out as characters and like uh, yeah. reflecting the reality of do you see how foolish you're being? Do you see how casually cruel and racist no, and unsensitive? It was just. Girls romping through it their lives. It was just r- rich white girls romping through Brooklyn. Insanity. And, um, and Adam Driver being abusive. Yes. A thousand percent. And like the romanticizing of that dynamic was also deeply upsetting. And I'm like, what? That was, I think, one of the first moments where I was like, mm, hold on a tick. What is it you're doing here? Because I definitely thought you were like moving the needle at least a little bit. But now I feel <laughs> like you're definitely just poking vaulting. people in the eye with it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anyway, 
she is she is a person who could do so much good and could open she could start a motherfucking she could have a production company. She has the money for it. She could have yep. a production company where she amplifies and uplifts and produces yep. work by more marginalized people than her. But that's not what she fucking does. She writes a deeply problematic, uh, abuse-laden book. She airs all of her racist thoughts on the internet. <laughs> God. She has a really and- <laughs> weird, crazy thing with a dog that she, like, I just. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's yeah, just uh, exhausting. And her sister, yeah. And now she sells a $98, um, it's not a tank top, it's a, it's a, it's a sleeveless t-shirt. Oh, really. it's a shell. It's a, uh, um, crew neck sleeveless white, t- it looks like something from Talbot's. Yes, All of it does, it's a except shell. for the short skirt. Yeah. Oh, Jesus shell. fucking Christ. Anyway, here we are. Uh, here we so are. So if you know anybody who wants to sponsor us or um, work with us. <laughs> uh, actually, we, to that point, we, our friend Renee Cafaro, who has been yes. on, who has been on the show, uh, Renee Cafaro Atelier, RCA Public Label. You can find it on Instagram and follow. I don't think anything has been officially launched yet. But Renee, in my humble opinion, is an incredibly versatile style icon. Mm-hmm. Like she she can wear a denim jacket with some torn leggings or she can wear like a, a high end fucking uh, cape dress mm-hmm. and look look equally astonishing. And she's a um, wonderful so, person who does a lot with her power and influence. Oh my gosh, so, so much good much. stuff. She's involved in politics and things, but she's like, um, you can go back and listen to our uh, interview with her from last year, but RCA Public Label. <clears throat> Sorry that we gave so much oxygen to Lena Dunham. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but uh, yes, for real. Like, she is, if Lena Dunham is exactly what you should not do as a white woman with power, uh... Renee Cafaro is really, she gets it so, so right in so, so, so many ways. And I know she, I know we're all constantly working to continue the push to make it better. Um, obviously, when when you have the awareness. But um, she's, she's a person who I see constantly evolving and working to be um, more equitable and fair and kind and generous and... Ampli- amplifying and yeah, paying it her. forward, lifting other people up, yes. and um, <clears throat> creating beautiful silhouettes for sure. Really excited to see uh-huh. what she's made, and um, you know, eleven honore. Like, I think it would be amazing if you would give this opportunity to a black woman who has been in the game for a really long time. Because I don't believe any of the the luxury designers that they put on their site are black i could be wrong i don't believe so well i mean i'm sure that there's not a wealth of luxury black female designers out there not not that there shouldn't be more right. i'm saying that it's a problem it's a systemic problem exactly with the entire a thousand thing. percent but but as we all know if you look around you can find what you're looking for absolutely so and to speak it, to that holy fuck there is a brand called faye noel F-E, like iron, Faye Noel, like Christmas. Iron Christmas, (laughs) Faye Noel. (laughs) And (laughs) she 
makes the most exquisitely, I want to say she's Grenadian. She's from Granada. And <gasps> yes, yes, you're welcome. Oh my God. She makes the most exquisitely luxurious, <gasps> breezy, like it's all inspired by the Caribbean <gasps> island wear. Oh. Uh-huh. Are you looking at the nutmeg caftan? Because it's my favorite thing ever. I mean, I'm looking at, what I'm looking at is the dance hall jersey knit dress that's in floor, like neck neck to floor ruching and also sheer. Yes. Her her, no, her stuff look, are this so looks like beautiful. runway. This looks yes, like runway. She is absolutely deeply runway. Oh my god, Roselyn and Rat. Oh. Yeah. If I was fixing to spend $300 on something. Oh, well now I want this. Yes. This friggin' robe. Yes. Yes. I want that friggin' robe anyway. too. Which one do you like what best? A great the shout peach out. one? Yes, uh, Faye Noel, I'm at the... um, Hanifa, H-A-N-I-F-A. Hanifa is another like luxury black female owned and created and designed brand. So good. Oh, and they do capsules. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oof. <gasps> yeah. Yep, you guys are going to gasp over this too. Oh, look at that satin pantsuit. Oh, Ugh. So gorgeous. I will say that they don't, that that access for plus sizes is pretty low. Hanifa is not specifically a plus brand. Uh, They go up to 2X, and in my opinion, it's probably a pretty narrow 2X because I looked at it. It goes up to 3X now, but that is about three inches smaller than my waist is, so it's probably like an 1820. Okay. It says 22, 24, but like I'm solidly in a 22, and my waist is 44 inches right now. So it accommodates small fats, which is um, the same old plus size problem. However, not going to complain about black women making luxury clothing that's so fucking beautiful. Well, and, at all. and I do believe in incremental change. Like, yeah. I, I think that everybody should be trying to do better. But I understand how if you're launching a, a line, you have to make choices, right? Yes. And your choice sure. is either, I mean, not either or, but like a lot of people have to choose between limiting their size range or having it made overseas or yes yes or having to sacrifice the quality of the fabric anyway i get it and i'm fine with everything not being for me but regardless for sure um fashion was not really what we had no no we just wanted we just wanted to yell for a little bit about this like really upsetting deeply upsetting news i just have to wonder what planet everyone was on when they thought it was a good idea like who signed off on that like that so many people, so many people, and I, I wonder, like, did anybody fight about it? Yeah, was it like, oh, I don't think that's a good idea, and someone's like, absolutely, it is, and here's why, right? Or was somebody like, oh, I've heard of her, yes, like, it's fine, yeah. Or did somebody, or was somebody like, oh, we know her mom, so right, right, <laughs> and she's a really sweet girl. <laughs> God damn it, it just, yeah, I, I just, I just, I can't. Oh, and in more shit news, which you and I know, just since we're already on this path, Loft is another brand who oh. has done very, who has, quote unquote, has done very right by, um, by the plus size community a couple years ago had a huge launch of their plus line um, that Lillian and I were present for. And they did yep. a whole big thing at the Curvy Con and they involved me and Lillian and and uh, Joy Nash and 
um, just very quietly, very tail between their legs, not even in a way that implied um, dignity or... It was in a comment within an Instagram post. Yes. Yes. Exactly. That they announced that they were discontinuing their plus size line because of COVID. Disgusting. And the fact that that is where they chose to whittle down speaks volumes and was such a shitty walk back and um, really, especially when Loft is pretty affordable wear. So I, uh, we were all pretty livid at that, especially when they did so, so, so much to like dig into the plus size community and plant roots. And get allyship. That's what felt so shitty. It's not like they were just some brand who was like, whatever, we do plus sizes now, JK. They like showed the fuck up. They did their research. They came and they proselytized. They kissed babies and shook hands. (laughs) No. That's absolutely true. Kissed babes. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, not whatever, because people need to be held to account. But also, um, I'm uh, used to disappointment. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, exactly. I do I do just want to read um, a couple of choice comments, because it looks like yesterday, uh, Eleven Honoré was like, can't wait for tomorrow. And... <laughs> One of one of the top comments says, the majority of the plus size community is boycotting the party because Lena Dunham is a person that causes harm to fat people, to BIPOC. The list is endless. Someone in your team really should have vetted this collab better. We shall be giving this a wide berth as evidenced by the many posts on IG and just in this comment section alone, but enjoy the party for two. Peace sign emoji. Oh, <laughs> savage. Mm-hmm. And someone wrote... Enjoy the party for two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am so disheartened reading the interview for this collection launch. The erasure of the actual body positive movement. First of all, in the New York Times article, which is so enraging, she calls it Spanx liberation. Bitch, it already exists. It's called fat liberation. Do not make it about Spanx, you insipid fool. Oh, so upset. Is she saying that she's launching this? She's <sighs> starting this? The endless, what was the context? Yeah. The endless space to list fat shaming rhetoric without retort. Oh, that's what I, so that's what I was telling you. So she, somebody wrangled the New York Times into doing a piece on her being the new plus designer. And it's enraging. And in it, she's not even like, yes, I've always been a proud fat girl. She's like, I am fat and I'm on steroids and it makes my face fat and I'm trying to be okay with having three chins. And I'm like, bitch, I swear to God, I will smack those chins off of your face. <laughs> how dare you? Oh my how God. How dare you? Let's get that on pay-per-view, please. Feel all that shame and then bring it to a brand that is supposed to have lighthouses representing it who redact that shame. Fuck you. I mean, fuck you for nine million reasons, but definitely also fuck you for complaining. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's somebody in the burlesque community who is the same. 
who is held up as kind of a plus size icon and who is very self hatey and that, that makes sucks. me sucks. Oh, I'm sorry, Boo Boo. It's okay. I'm I'm way better at navigating shit like that now. Yes. Um That's the great thing about getting older kids. <laughs> <laughs> Lena Dunham herself wrote a couple heart emojis as a response and no one has replied to it. Shut up. Not a single person has replied to it. But our beloved Liz Black, um, plus size blogger for literally ever Liz Black wrote, exceptionally disappointing. There are so many talented black women and women of color or even non-problematic white women who are known for their style and connection to the plus community. (laughs) And you chose someone who surrounds herself with controversy, is not known for her style, refused to embrace the plus community say that, and is still dripping in fat phobia in the New York Times article. Why? What was the thinking here? I can't imagine that you're ignorant to all of those things. So what was the actual reason you chose her? All I can think is actions speak louder than words, as you posted on May 31st, 2020. Say that, Liz Black. I love her. Oh, man. She's so great. I miss her. Someone just commented, hope this is priced reasonably, which is either the most innocuous, stupid comment or the best shade I have ever heard in my life. (laughs) That's, God, that's so good. Oh my God, that's so good. (laughs) I really hope that was just the snarkiest possible answer. So great. Uh, Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done. That's fine. That's fine. Back to Spider Cast. Back to Spider Cast. Back to back to B Cast. Back B-cast. to your three payments of forty nine ninety five. Did you know? Did a did a swarm of a hive break off into your vehicle? <laughs> Does your husband and his hipster friends insist on wearing bee beards? Girl, you know they do. Uh, do you just want to eat outside in a tent in peace oh oh, great um uh uh, that also makes me think of how george clooney said recently that he has been cutting his own hair with a flow bee for years (laughs) good on him not the same as a bee vacuum but that classic clooney cut he has been cutting his own hair for years with a flow Flow bee. bee that's amazing I have been cutting my own hair this year, but not effectively well. I just, I oh. just, uh, the, the, the frequency of split ends is damning. No, I get it. We have fine hair and we fuck with it a lot. And we fuck with it a lot. I mean, especially <laughs> you. I try, but even as little as I fuck with it, it still happens. And I'm like, come on, give me a break. Well, mine has been at a um, at a spot where I I ruined my hair so much, and I've only gotten one haircut to f- fix it. I need to go back for another one, which I know is going to make it shorter, which is why I'm not doing it anyway. Um, maybe this maybe this <laughs> podcast is about uh, cycles and bad decisions. Um, <laughs> um but uh, uh, yeah, I'm like up and down and up and down. And I try with the color that I put on it to at least put conditioning color. Yes. But, uh, yeah, whatever. Hair's hair. <laughs> Yay! So, um, <laughs> fun detour, being mad about 
stuff. But um, <laughs> bees and being mad. Bees and being mad. And what else? Um. So I was telling Jen, <laughs> we were supposed to have gotten on a call. At a certain time. And I was so proud of myself because I'm usually 10 to 15 minutes late to anything like this where Mm. I'm like, yes, definitely we'll do 930. Okay, actually, it's this point. Actually, I have to go to the bathroom. Actually, I this, that. The number of JK texts between us is, I mean, normal. (laughs) Very normal. Yes, for sure. (laughs) Um, But in this particular case... uh, my my studio room was is kind of uh, in a mess right now because I had been looking for something for I was in an Easter parade on Sunday which was super adorable and I sat and I rode on the back of a um I rode on the back of a friggin' convertible like mm-hmm. I was a homecoming queen and my butt still kind of hurts from it but it was great. Tell them what your um, name was. Oh well, well that wasn't oh okay just Lillian Bunny is yeah. that what, oh yeah. <laughs> Lillian Bunny for the day instead of Lillian Bustle. So great. <laughs> I think your mom gave me that name. Did she? Um, I think so. <laughs> so, mm, um, so I was looking for, I fashioned something for my own head, but I was looking for a hat for my husband, Don, which I knew I had a top hat with rabbit ears on it because, duh. <laughs> yeah, of course. So I'm like digging through all my costume stuff. And so I ripped my room apart. Now, um... For those of you who are just tuning in, I come from a family that struggles with hoarding disorder, and I'm actually incredibly proud. Like, one of the main reasons that has ever been for me to clean my house is for people to come over. And since we have been living with over a year now of people not coming over for the most part, Mm. I was really worried. I was really worried because hoarding tends to kick in um, because of a traumatic event. And it, it tends to really go full into effect when there's um, when a person is isolated and often, uh, for women at least, in their 40s. Interesting. Which is a perfect fucking storm. Um, because of this, I have been unable to – also at the beginning of quarantine, um, I, I follow a bunch of hoarding uh, – children of hoarders groups – And I had to stop looking at them because the first thing I thought about quarantine and people having to stay inside was all of these people who were trapped in their cluttered or dangerous homes with their family members and are too young to get themselves out. Um, And I couldn't look at it anymore because occasionally kids would post in the Facebook group and people would try to help as best as possible. But there's not much that you there's not much a stranger can do. Right. Anyway. Oh, God. um, No wonder. Yeah. So. Yeah. So this has been a struggle for me through this whole time, especially with not having a regular job. Um, and my room had been fairly clean for years, a month. Um, no, 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 no. This, oh, this just studio? in this time. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. It, there was stuff on the floor for like five months. Yeah. Like it wasn't awful, but there was definitely – it was a hazard – um, Made you itchy. Yeah, I finally got some shelves put up. I put up these cool curtains on a um, on a track so I can hide everything if I want to. Uh, and so, but I came and sat down this morning. I was proud of myself for being on time, and I was clearing the clutter off of my desk. And I was pulling out my microphone and I was setting up my um, little tripod for my phone for the Zoom. And I whacked over an entirely full, like, must have been 18-ounce glass of water with ice right onto the power strip that I have 
everything plugged into my computer, my computer monitor, um, my uh, my speaker, my other, my phone, like everything. Um, and for a hot second, I was taken back to when I was a child and would spill something or drop something onto a pile or some sort of mess in my house, uh, that I grew up in, in Virginia. And, um, I, I never knew what to do when that happened because whether or not there were paper towels, like if you spilled on a pile of stuff, it might be clothes on top of books or on top of shoes. Like you, you don't know what's a couple layers deep unless it is your stuff and your piles and you know where things are. Cause that is a thing too. Mm. Um, uh, and there was also always a feeling of <clears throat> even if I wipe up this yogurt that I have dropped on the floor, the floor is still not going to be clean when I am done with it. So what's Because the point? there was still shit around it. Yeah, I wouldn't leave yogurt on the well, floor. Well, sure. But, but, but like there, is, the thought there does get to you. be a feeling of like, oh, I guess, I guess this, you know, small piece of trash or like this piece of lint or whatever. Things that, that generally people would put in the garbage. If you can't. You know, what is the if everything point? around you is garbage, right? I, I would so, feel that way. And I do not come from a, a family with hoarding tendencies or mm-hmm. a hoarded house. Right. But something like that, then literally like a gum wrapper becomes a drop in the actual yeah. Grand Canyon. Right. <laughs> right. In a bucket. So the water splashed. And my first thing that I thought as I was watching it, like run down my wall Mm. And into my file drawers Mm. was I felt like a very small child again, having made a mess that I was A, going to get in trouble for, and B, I was not going to be able to clean up. Oh, and C, water damage I have a lot of trauma from because of all the leaks that I've had over the years. So uh, it was that moment. And thankfully, thankfully, I spilled it on the power strip because that was the first, like, I was like, I can't sit and feel bad for myself because I have to cut off this breaker. Um, And after I busied myself unplugging everything and making sure that things were safe, I realized that I could clean it up because it was just fucking water and it was my stuff. So if it got ruined, it was ruined and I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I would be sad. There's so many things I would be sad to lose, but I have lost so much stuff over my life because of dumb disasters that it's fine. It was fine. And I was saying to Jen that like those little things being able to overcome what would have in the past been a PTSD response that would have made me freeze up and being able to get beyond that, even in just a dumb little moment that seems insignificant in so many ways was just enormous to me. And I'm grateful for that. Uh, I'm grateful that that's where my mental health is right now. Definitely. It's definitely been hit or miss. <laughs> sure. Yes. That's huge. That's huge. Such a great moment of growth in, yeah, a year where I think we've all been really struggling with our stuff and that new stuff has been created. That's yeah, so good. I love that feeling. I will say that um, classically for me, when I have that moment of my higher mind being like, yes, but you're this person now, there's still, there's like a, 
Oh, God, I'm not this nerdy, but I'm going to use it. <sighs> when Gandalf is battling the Balrog <sighs> before he falls down into the chasm at the end of Fellowship of the mm-hmm. Ring. <laughs> and I love it. You think that he's going to make it out, but the Balrog sends its, like, whip or its tail from out of the chasm and like wraps around him and drags him back down in before he becomes Gandalf the White. I cannot believe that this is where I'm going, but I'm whatever. So here for it. Here for this. Uh, this is really not my general world lens, but here we the fuck are. Um, uh, yeah, where you're like, I made it. Whoop. Yes. And then my, and and, and then so then the line. little voices like but there's and and I think a lot of it is for things that don't really have closure in general. So mm. I've I've had to I've had so little closure on the things that have uh stuck with me in a you know in a traumatic way like couldn't really deal with anything with my dad because he was so unwilling to go there with me and then he fucking died so I had to make my own closure and with like a lot of the um hurts and betrayals that I experienced from friends it wasn't like there was a big showdown and we said our piece and we got the closure of like fuck you goodbye no it was like ghosting it was like one day they were there and one day they weren't and You know, that that is hard. I'm not I'm not sad that they're gone. Um, but I've had to make my own closure in so, so, so many ways. And I so I think unfortunately it leaves that door open in a way where I can be cognizant of the fact that, yeah, of course I am a different person and I'm gonna be thirty-seven years old very shortly and I cope with this well and I have gotten better with my boundaries and I have processed a lot and I am strong and I've done all this but then there's still um very acutely a a part of myself that feels so alive inside and so unresolved Mm. that like it's always it I feel like it's always still gonna have a voice and it's still gonna be somewhere and something that I feel like an open tab. It's just an open tab. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know. I've done my best to close it, to close them. And honestly, um, my ersatz self-closure comes in the form of like (laughs) – like dream journaling and then doing deep, deep, deep journaling prompts and like applying all of my like new agey self-helpy stuff to those and then just like writing it out and and beating it out in my head in a good way, in like a storytelling way, not like a self-flagellation way. Um, uh, And... And, and then almost to the point of having a virtual closure, like a closure that is imagined in so many. So there was one of my ghosted uh, ex-friends, one about whom I have deeply painful memories, um, 
I have not seen him in like 15 years, despite the fact that mm-hmm. we travel in similar circles. And like, I've seen his family. And his oh. family like talks to me. And every time they talk to me, I'm like, oh, are you unaware right. of that? But um, it was looking like there may have been a, a, a reason for us to be near each other um, at this point almost two years ago. And I was really, really anxious about it. There was a time that we were supposed to be with each other that I got wind of that I don't think he knew. And I got wind of it and got so freaked out that I pulled out. And I was like, I don't want to be near him. I don't, I definitely don't want to have to sit next to him for hours. Like, right. no. And so I neglected to, uh, to take that opportunity. And, um, but it, it wasn't going to mean something really deeply personal to someone. I mean, I think it would have been a favor that I would have done, but it wasn't like a big deal. But then right. the, it was a retirement party that for someone that absolutely was deeply ingrained in my life and so generous and loving and wonderful to and for me. And I wanted to celebrate her because she was Oh, she is. She is very much alive. She is a wonderful, generous, <laughs> gentle, loving human being. And she was basically like my mom in high school. Oh. And I was like, there is no way I am not going. There, there. I don't give a shit if he's going to be there. I can't let that possibility keep me from honoring her. Sure. Um, and in preparation, I... I did a lot of closure activities because it would be the first time that I would be around him in a really, really long time. And I was like, you know what? This pain is too great for me to hold on to anymore. And it sucks. And I don't like it taking up so much room in my heart. So I like journaled and, um, uh, uh, like, theater therapy (laughs) I I like played out every possible scenario in my head 900 times uh on the page 900 times for like the two months that predated this and I lived out every scenario from the best possible um outcome to, uh, to from the from the Yeah, from the best possible outcome to the worst possible outcome. And I was like, I'm going to stand in my fucking truth and I'm going to say my goddamn piece and in in whatever way I have room for. So even in the worst possible way, I had had my plan and I had gone over it with like dear friends – who I was on the phone with and I had gone over it with Andrew and I had gone over it in my journaling for ever and ever and ever just writing and writing and writing it out and on the day I was nervous but like I was set and I knew and I think he did know that I was going to be there um and I showed up and he did not and oh the best part was that I had lived it so thoroughly. I had gone through the emotional journey so effectively that I didn't, 
I wasn't even upset that he wasn't there because I didn't feel like I was robbed of the opportunity. And now I can say, especially two years later, like this is a person about whom my subconscious constantly um, chews over it. That's just Mm -hmm. what my brain does. And so it's never a surprise when I have like dreams about him or anything like that. And the dream was like stopped. The power that that hurt held just diminished Uh. so much. And let me tell you what followed after that because like, like this sense of what you and I have talked about privately of just like, Starting to pull at this ribbon and realizing like the magic scarves that it pulls out of the hat. (laughs) That's the sensation or like pulling at a thread that just never stops and you're like, what? But the magic scarves are, I think, a more positive representation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Because they're surprises. But that that can both feel the same way. You know what also, also sometimes, uh, well, your hair is long, so I know that you know what this is like, where you, you're like, oh, what's that? And you put, you're like in the shower and then you realize that you are pulling one of your longest pieces of hair out from in between your butt cheeks and it's like a piece of fluff. And you're like, what is this? Is this just a fluff? And then it's like, Right, and it's right still a delightful surprise. And you're like, yeah, oh, it's not, a, it's not a bad thing, but you're definitely like, didn't know that that was going to happen. Didn't know that that was going to Yes, a million percent. And let me tell you, so talking about like where this falls in the in the line of magic scarves, colorful magic <laughs> that scarves. Like now it looks like you're milking a cow. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> It came right after I had been uh, very unceremoniously and very cruelly ghosted by a friend from college. Um, Mm. And it was, uh, that one was shocking and deeply hurtful and really, 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 really fucked up. Um, And uh, it was almost like petting a dog for, I don't know, 10 years until all of a sudden it like viciously attacked you. And you're like, what the fuck, dog? That's literally what happened with this friend. And so same button gets pressed. You guys know what happens. You know your baggage. You understand trauma. The same button gets pressed. And I'm like, what the fuck is up with these people? What is wrong with my friends? Why right. does this fucking keep happening in such shitty ways? And so going through that betrayal was immediately followed by this situation where I thought I was going to have to be around sort of like, in many ways, the first betrayal. Mm. He he was like, the the quote unquote loss of him as a friend was the first time that had ever happened to me. Oh, jeez. Ever. And this dude was the, 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 the rabid dog was the last time. Um, and so I'm just like, fucking A, this old, this old bitch. I can't, yeah. I just, and, and like needing to, just needing to work through it, needing to get past it. So first there was this rabid dog, like ex-college friend. And then there was the nexus. There was the the real nut to crack of like the first time it ever happened. And it was definitely when I was at my least mature, my most doormatty, my most uh, let me subsume myself for your comfort. And like I was also freshly heartbroken from a breakup. So I was just like all manner of young and fucked up when that happened. Um, 
And he was a person whom I had been in love with for many years. Not at that moment in time, but many years before. So, like, there was a lot of love and trust and affection invested in him when he just decided, like, boop, I'm going to be a dick forever. Um, Uh And so... uh, so yeah, so like that was that was the next magic scarf and I got through it and I was like, "Oh my god, I feel amazing. I feel like I got this closure." And I I worked through it with like my various support groups and within 2 months was the first time I started really realizing in a concrete way that I was queer. Wow. Magic scarf. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Magic scarf. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yikes. So I have to wonder how many boxes within boxes, you know, the Russian dolls sure. of them. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, and in getting through that... Being able to come to terms with a lot of stuff that I'm not going to put on you today, fuck buddies. Um, It's very heavy and it's got lots of trigger warnings and I'm going to keep it a little bit more surface today. Perhaps we'll delve into it some other time. But the the freedom of getting through that heartbreak and the freedom of getting my closure and saying my piece, even if it was just virtual, allowed me the freedom of realizing that I was queer, allowed me the freedom of coming out, allowed me the freedom of coming face to face with and challenging and uh, shouting down these ways in which I have been silenced in really insidious and pervasive and damaging ways. And like the magic scarves just keep coming. But to to realize that for whatever reason, and it's probably deeply patriarchal in nature, like that's the obvious answer. For whatever reason, this like, this Russian doll just keeps liberating me. On all of these levels. And so, like, I'm not, you know, I got, I guess the point is, the point is that even at 35 years old, I was like, how can I show up here and be this person? And yet I did show up and I was that person, even if it was only for me. And by being that person, it started the whole string of the magic scarves. Yeah. Fuck. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know what's going to crack open until you pick up the hammer. Oh, my God. I And these are things that I never could have foreseen myself saying, doing, sharing ways in which I've become free and transparent with myself and with others whom I love. Like it is oh it's freedom on a totally new plane it's amazing it's amazing and i think mm, uh you know the 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 very hurt person the very hurt 16 year old inside of me still exists Still has so much voice. Um, And I love her and I take very good care of her. 
and I always honor her, which is why we have this podcast. It's my constant <laughs> opportunity to honor. Yes, your feelings are real. Yes, I know you have a lot of uh, a, a lot of love and sadness in your heart. Um, <laughs> like, but I think it has also it is healing in ways that. Uh, that have to do with, like, me owning the power of my life and the power of me. And, I, yeah, I think that, I think that the, I think that the through line that could be, that could be present is, like, all of these ways in which I shrank myself, my needs, uh, I obliterated whatever minimal boundaries that I had for these people, for these men specifically, and for their comfort. Yep. Um, my, the, the friend that I've been talking about was a fucking raging asshole. He was unpleasant, misanthropic, grouchy, mean-spirited. And, you know, I think many, especially women, go through the stage of, but he's nice to me, so what does it matter? Right. Um, or like he's nice enough to me, so what does it matter? Shit. And you know what? That is not a person who I would want to be around now. That's not a person I should have wanted to be around when I was younger. But that's a huge element of growth. Because huge. whether it's from a religious point of view or like a patriarchal point of view, obviously overlap there. But like wh- mm-hmm. where, wherever your shit like that is rooted – um. I believe that women are socialized to give leeway, not just to men, um, but just to, you know, to keep sweet, like they say yeah. in the Mormon church, oh. or to turn... Ew, know, is that what Mormons say? Or- keep sweet? Ew! Mm-hmm. Oh, ugh! Oh, I'm so mm-hmm. mad. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that whole mess. Um, but also, That whole um, long hair have- in the butt. <laughs> oh, that's a whole... Oh, that's a whole ponytail those, in the butt. Those or <laughs> French braided women. Um, uh, and uh, just to go back to two things really quick. Well, three things, because the first is that Jen was like, I don't know if that's something that I have a lot to say about, but I could definitely explore. <laughs> Exploring in the moment, to be fair. To no, be it was fair. wonderful. It was wonderful. <laughs> and I I love watching you, um, watching your face as, like, one thing leads to another. Mm. You know what I mean? As you pull, as you pull that hair so out of your So much butt, butt um, hair. So many magic, magic scarves. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I mean, if I pulled on something out of my butt and it was magic scarves, I would laugh my face out. Yes. And I would be like, how long have you guys been up there? This explains so much. Um, there is uh, a person who I follow on Instagram who I admittedly don't know a whole lot about in real life. Um, but Helen Back, which I believe is a uh, 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 a nod to been to Helen Back. Oh, nice. H-E-L-E-N-B-A-C-Q-U-E. Mm. Um, she's a, a beautiful fat person. Um, and that's not her burlesque and- name? I don't think she does burlesque. Oh, she does a, a lot of, of she does a lot of activism. Um, well, she's certainly not anti burlesque, but she does a lot of pinup stuff and she does a lot of uh, photography. I don't 
think that she's a dancer. Now I need to double check. I'm pretty sure that she she performs in many ways, but is not specifically a burlesque dancer. Mm. Um, she has an incredible photo series where she's covered, she's naked and covered in paint, and she's there's a fog machine in the background, and it's just ethereal as fuck. But mm. she also talks a lot about um, freedom from religious uh, brainwashing, and I, I, I don't feel like all religion is brainwashing, but within especially anything uh, evangelical, anything that is, um, uh, 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 what's the what's the word, zealotry? Yeah, anything yep. that Deeply involves zealotry. Zealot. Yep, absolutely. Um, on Easter, uh, she posted a, an incredible, an incredible photo of her, um, and uh, talking about her her freedom from religion and how. She had been told so many times to put other people over her and to forgive men when they were terrible that it fucked her up for years and years and years. Of course. It is. It's it's very fucky-uppy. Deeply yeah. fucky-uppy. Um, and the third thing that I wanted to mention was I follow someone on uh, Twitter. Her name is Louisa the Last. And I really appreciated this. It was from October 23, 2017, but I think it just got retweeted recently. Hey, a reminder, while the popular narrative is, I always knew I was gay, mm. a whole lot of us did not have that experience. Um, and then she goes on to talk about, like, um, you know, her, I thought I was straight as a teen because although I knew of lesbians, I had heard over and over again that they always knew. I wasn't actively repulsed by guys. I liked a lot of them as friends. You know, and she goes into all of this stuff and how... The narrative was born, obviously, out of a, a a caring place. But it's just it's just the same, I think, as telling someone that you have to love yourself before you can have love in your life. It's it's almost the same thing. Like, where if you think... I don't think overall that it's a harmful narrative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if that's what... If you're like, oh, I would know by now. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. There's so much in then the way. Then it's easy to wind up in your 30s or 40s and be like, oh, wait, I actually do have all of this capacity in my life, but I thought it was supposed to feel a specific way. Yes. Yes. And I think that's something that you and I have both looked at and been able to, whether it was a moment where you were holding it in your hand and looking at it like fucking Bastion in Never Ending Story, yes. like this yes. is the last grain of sand, <sighs> um, or whether we were, you know like cuddling that part of ourselves or you know setting it free it 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 took a lot for both of us to come to that place and be like oh this is part of who I am absolutely and I I talk uh not unkindly uh usually with a lot of love and respect for the amount of um thought that I give to something um I I refer to myself as a late bloomer in so many ways. Oh, sure. And same. But the lovely thing that I've been getting feedback on from various caring people is like, I know it feels late. I know you're, you know, I know it feels late to you because you also watched people doing it so much younger and, you know, here you are where you are now. But there are also so many people who never free themselves from this. Yeah. Who live their whole lives too afraid to go there. 
too afraid to face or embrace their truth. Yeah. And that is hugely beautiful and affirming. I was talking to um, my therapist and she was referring to uh, an elderly woman whose sadly husband uh, is on life support. So he, you know, is non-compass mentis and she's working through never coming out to him during her whole, I mean, I mean, so yeah, I know, like what a terrible thing, what a terrible thing to just have to, have to hold on to in such a painful way, but like, Mm. yeah, a lot of people never ever get there, and hopefully in the grand scheme of things, 36 is quite young. Hopefully, in my case, 36 is very young. We shall see. But, like, yeah. Yeah. It's it's beautiful to be a late bloomer because you also take a lot of certainty. And I think you, it's yours. It's not anyone else's. It's yours. And that's what I appreciate about this year, honestly, because it's all happened under the panoply of quarantine. And I wasn't the kind of person. I, in any way, in age, in personality, in ability given pandemic, but I wasn't the kind of person who, you know, you could yank out by my wrist and be like, come on, bitch, let's party. (laughs) Right? Like, if it had been a different era, if I had been younger, if I hadn't had the sense of self that I do have at my age, I, yeah, probably would have gone and partied my face off and had a different experience, not to minimize that for anyone, because... There are people for whom that's really good. Not sure it would have been really good for me. Fairly certain right. it would have not been really good for me and maybe made me feel shitty about it. So um, I'm, I yeah, I'm grateful for being what I refer to lovingly as a late bloomer. And I also acknowledge that I've, oh, I'm coming further than a lot of people have. Absolutely. Come. Absolutely. I I I realized recently and this is I mean something that I've been chewing on over time but um like something that you and I have discussed is that I it was never a surprise to me that I was attracted to like gender non-conforming people that has always been my thing um but as far as spe- specifically uh like a woman or a femme person um I I battled with so much internalized misogyny and like getting past that was the first step. Um, even before really accepting and celebrating my own body. Right. Like, again, it's that whole, like there are so Maslow's hierarchy of needs are very, is very, very basic. It's like the old food pyramid, which is now no longer relevant, but mm-hmm. like it's, st- it's stepping zones where it's like, it makes sense. You have to feel safe and have a place to sleep at night indoors Yep. Before you can think about your how you look, you know what I yes, mean. Yes, for sure. Right. You can't you can't worry about your hair when you're worried about where your next meal is coming from. Yes. Um. And and that I have found very many versions of that hierarchy of needs in my life, and so so something that unlocked something was being like, oh, wait, I am a feminist. I understand what feminism means. I'm around people whose feminism aligns with what I truly believe in my heart. 
um, and can and can now see it reflected in other people. The feminism that I was seeing uh, when I was younger, what didn't make sense to me and or I've been told by so many people that like feminism's like main goal was to make men feel sad. Right. <laughs> right. And like, ah, uh, uh, right. Way to make so, it about you. <laughs> right. <laughs> God. But again, that's always, you know, oppressors, when things are equalizing, they then <laughs> It's all about them. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So, and, and, and um, so having been exposed to folks who were so uh, radical, such radical shit kicking women, um, but like at the same time as some, like, it was like a cluster of second wave feminism and then like a cluster of really like, um, very like, what what would be the feminist version of balls to the wall? <laughs> tits to the roof. Tits to the grits. Um, tits to ew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's our next T-shirt for sure. Tits to the grits. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. Boobs to the breasts to the parquet floors. <laughs> Rests. <laughs> Um, uh, sweater clams to, to the, the no. Clams? <laughs> so I love you. <laughs> balls I love to the you. wall, indeed. Fun balls to the wall. Hey. Oh, that's fair. I mean, jugs it's a, to the <gasps> studs. Mm. No. Mm. Chicks. Well, we're gonna keep workshopping chicks, this. Chicks to the bricks. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I don't mind that. Okay. Chicks to the bricks. Chicks to the bricks. Chicks to the bricks. Chicks rhymes better. It does. But regardless. Regar- we'll workshop it. <laughs> we'll workshop it. Um Yeah, that was that was part of my uh uh magic scarves. But was going but hair. Oh wait. Oh wait. Yes. Mm-hmm. Getting that floss, pulling it right out and going, Woo, what else is in there? Yeah. Um yes. and then and then unlocking things with my body and then I mean it's hard to say whether my sexuality as um just like embodying sexuality versus my sexual identity um came with or alongside my body stuff. Um but I certainly don't think that I would have been able to uh, uh, respect and honor the side of me that was was like I don't even know how to put this, but but to acknowledge that uh, to validate—that's the word I was looking yes. for. The part of me that was like, oh, I'm attracted to all of these different kinds of people for sure. Um, and for then sure. you know to live a life where I did not feel like I had the right to call myself queer or anything. Um, yeah, it's all just like, mm. you remember, ooh, ooh, you remember, did you ever like put, um, put like Elmer's glue on the palm of your hand just so that you could peel it off? Yes. I want to do that right now. But that's, that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like for me every time where it's like, I feel like I am intentionally going and getting sticky. <laughs> Like I'm consciously, I'm consciously interacting with that film because I know that when I peel it off, something is going to feel gratifying. Yes. 
I wonder if Elmer's glue is like a cheap paraffin wax treatment. Ooh, that's a good question. Not that you want your hands to smell like glue. I mean, my God, what a weird way to phase no. right back to third grade. Yeah. <laughs> we're not eating we're not eating paste here. Although. Although no shame. <laughs> I I wonder Although too. if you look a little off your fingertips, nobody's gonna judge you. Oh god. Just not with the rubber cement. Rubber cement is like the extreme no. version. That stuff is very like full of butane, maybe? I don't know. It's Oh. It's it's yeah, very I mean, flammable. <laughs> The fact that we were ever given it as children and then scented markers. Yes. Mr. Sketch. <laughs> I love that shit. But yeah, rubber cement, I was always so fascinated by. And I loved when the, the like the top got stuck, but then you got it, you got it open and then you could peel that gummy layer that was sticking it off. Yes. Uh, a rubber cement just, like, is boogers. honestly what <laughs> it's what I buy um, as adhesive now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love I me some like Elmer's spray spray glue. Spray Ooh. glue? Oh yes, it is so good. Hang on, I do need to see this. What? Um, it's called Elmer's Craft Bond Spray Adhesive. Do you use it for costumes? Oh no, no, not costumes, but for paper crafts and things like that. Absolutely. Um. Wow! Exceptional for like um, cutting out. Uh, uh, so say uh, when I made my censored tags back when my show got shut down, I mean I took black felt and I, I printed out the word "censored" on a normal piece of paper, and then I took some cardstock and I uh, spray adhesive that to that, let it dry, and then I was able to cut out a stencil. Whereas if you just did it with regular paper, it would fall apart. Yes. So that is a use case. Um, I do know some people who put on their pasties with that. And I have to tell you, don't ever do that. This is not for your body. It Especially is not, for your body. not your areolas. Jeez. I think some people have maybe some titty calluses that I'm not, <laughs> not interested in building up. Titty calluses. No. If I couldn't even manage to like play awful. the guitar because I didn't want them on my fingers, certainly not going to try to rough up my boobs. Um unrelated but not unrelated i have a new freckle on my areola and i don't know where it came from obviously it came from inside of me but (laughs) it was inside of you all along it was (laughs) it was the tit freckle that was inside of you all along i have in the last year a new freckle on my left cheekbone that is honestly i just think sun exposure like, and it was, and it was uh, just, yeah. it was a freckle that never went back in. Cause what happens is much like a mood ring, my freckles come out in the sun and then I get out of the sun and they fade back into my skin. But this freckle stayed huh. and I don't mind it. Nice. I'm not particularly I love freckles. concerned. I love freckles. Um, I do not like being we, in the sun though. No, same here. Um, I, I have... I have two little sun damaged spots on my left cheek and then one that blossomed over here. But I've also been using Neutrogena SPF 60. How wonderful that we transitioned right from like super deep stuff <laughs> right back into like boobs and freckles and an SPF. But it's a Neutrogena serum. It's a SPF 60 serum. Oh, nice. That's the thing I like from Pacifica. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, so it doesn't feel gloppy. That's very good. I've been definitely enjoying my long, uh, luxurious, and sometimes probably um, athletic walks. (laughs) Yes. Um, but yeah, now that the sun is really coming back in force, I, I realized that I would rather walk around in the cold than in the heat. And so uh-huh. this is, as things start getting actually hot, I'm probably going to be inside more. What's it going to be like this week? Overall, it looks like this week. Oh my God. Today, tomorrow, and Thursday are all nearly 70. And that's by nice. me. So it's definitely hotter by you. Because my town is reliably like 10 degrees cooler than anywhere near New York. Um, And then Friday through Monday is like still high 50s. So spring. Sure. Ah, Very exciting. I I don't mean to curse anything because whatever, we're already cursed. But um, I I wonder, I do wonder if winter is going to give us one last storm the way we had, I don't know, snow in May last year? Yeah. But, uh-huh. It could happen. But. It could happen. Why not? I will also say that spring didn't come, like, at all until May last year. Like, we didn't have this no. weather. It was not no, reasonable. No. It was just fucking freezing. It was cold. Yeah, we had to borrow, our heat was down for March, and we felt weird about having somebody come into our home. Which is good because it turned out we had COVID. Um, <laughs> we didn't want somebody to fix it, so we just borrowed space heaters from a friend. And, I remember that. Uh, that was why our electric bill was so high. But, um, uh, uh, but yes. Oh, uh, it, just because I remembered. So Jen and I did um, an Instagram live this past Thursday, oh, yes. and it still lives in Jen's IGTV uh, at Jen Ponton. And by the way, if you wanted to cross post it on yours, there is a way for you to, on your desktop or phone, download my file and post it on your page. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Perfect. Give it a Google if I forget to send you. It's pretty easy. Just okay. like download IGTV um, video. Perfect. Meh. I love it. Um, and also, I'm getting the second dose of Moderna today at Yay! 4 o'clock. That makes me so happy. Yes, me too. I am ready to be all fucked up for a couple of days. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. But it's worth it, and I'm excited. I got Pfizer shot one yesterday in the Ooh. middle of Pennsylvania. <laughs> legit pencil tucky um Oof. i want to say we we've spent a ton of time talking about vaccines and covid because hello world on fire but i do want to acknowledge that for anyone who's unvaccinated who's been trying to go through the state of new jersey lillian oh. and i have been talking oodles about like the fact that there are tons of vials and tons of appointments um what was happening to me on the Jersey website was that when I finally got the email that was like, yay, you're ready. Come get your vaccine. I was like, cool, fun, great. And I clicked through and I went to find a location and Newark in particular had like every appointment available. Newark was a brand new location. I was like, fantastic. Tried to select Newark, you know, essentially put it in my cart. And then I got this big red error sign and it was like, you need to select a location that has the vaccine you got your first dose. And I was like, um, 
And so I was like, okay, let me try a different appointment. Did that same error. Tried a different location down in the bellows of South Jersey, which would have been a pain in the ass. And got the same error. So I had to spend like two hours on hold with their helpline, which is serpentine to get to. Because first it's like, if you're having tech issues, email us. So you do that. Uh, And then they email you a few days later and they're like, call this phone number if we can't help you online. And then you call the phone number and then you're in a phone tree for nine years until they put you on with person. And then you're literally on hold with the weirdest hold music for two hours until someone's like, how can I help you? And you explain what's happening and they're like, oh, let me try and make you an appointment. Oh, it's giving me the same error. Guess what? There's no manual override. So the lady who was helping me was like, I don't know why you're getting this. I'll put in a service ticket. And I was like, Oh, I thought this was my service ticket. Like the fact oh that I've been trying to chase this fucking raccoon around a tree for a week. So all told, I ended up going into Pennsylvania um, and it was a delightful road trip. I went through the creepiest areas of Pennsylvania. And my recommendation for you this week is that if you don't know what Centralia is, you give it a good Wikipedia search you play or watch Silent Hill, because it's what Silent Hill is based on. It's also what one of my very favorite movies on Earth is based on. And I guess that's the real recommendation. 1991's Nothing But Trouble, a film written and directed by Dan Aykroyd, starring <gasps> Dan Aykroyd, and Chevy Chase, and Demi Moore, and John Candy. What? Wow, this looks amazing. It is amazing. It is bonkers. And it is oh about God. these city slickers. <laughs> Gee, this looks really funny. Oh, it's so great. I would do a Nothing But Trouble screening episode with you. We keep talking oh, about doing screening ab- episodes. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite movies absolutely. of all time. Absolutely. It was one of my uh, favorite rentals from my video store when I was a kid. Oh, my God. <gasps> yeah, I, it looks like we will have to rent it, but it is out there. Oh, man, that's beautiful. Uh, it's so great. I don't even want to spoil it so much for you guys, but Centralia is an old coal mining town in Pensy, um, because Pennsylvania is exclusively mining. Um, and in 1962... <gasps> I know about this. Yes, I've heard you about do. this. Go on. A fire oh, was my started God. underground in the mine and oh. it literally never stopped. It's been going on it's for still burning. It's still burning. It's been going on for 60 fucking years. And so Centralia, which at one point had like a real population, was uh, like the ground was caving in under people and all of us you'd be standing on the sidewalk and all of a sudden it would buckle under your feet and you'd fall into this like abyss of mines and a fire fires in a mine <laughs> and so the the townsfolk left until by like 2013 seven people were left and they refused to leave <laughs> And the government let them live out their lives there. And when they die, their houses become eminent domain. But the town has been closed. They effectively got rid of the post office. It was condemned in 1992. Yeah. They live in a condemned town that's on fire. And uh, I bring up Silent Hill because Silent Hill is also based on Centralia. Except, the you know, the of course, the allegory is that the fire underground is hell. 
But mm. Silent Hill is so creepy. The film is really creepy. The The video game is creepier. If you don't want to play it or you don't have it, you can watch playthroughs on YouTube and they're fucking terrifying. Uh, very worth your time. And Nothing But Trouble could not recommend it more. Anyway, I did not drive through Centralia. I drove just south of it. And if the And if you have to get your vaccine... If you have to get your second dose the same place you got your first dose, I am delighted to have to go back and to actually go through Centralia. That's amazing. Yes. That's amazing. It sure fucking um, is. Uh, in the in this uh, vein of of exploratory stuff, I do hope that you get on top of that Chris Gethard, New Jersey is the World podcast. Yes. Um, it's like he's got this whole podcast and then there's segments within. So um, they call it Wotown, but I don't remember why. Um, but it's uh, Geth and um, like four of his buddies from high school. <gasps> and they Amazing. like one episode is all about funny summer jobs that they had. <gasps> but they're one about they're one about the bin, the abandoned. Oh, like Don and I were screaming. Yeah! I was playing it while I was making dinner last night, and we were like, "Oh my god!" So I'm so excited. Highly recommend. So it's been and launched. all of the shirts are funny. Oh, yes. bless. Um, and one last thing, I just have to say, every time I ask the world for help, people people help me. Um, this particular time was, I was like, "Oh, I'm sad that this lip liner that I have had forever is unfindable. It's gone." Prestige, and of course. Yes, Prestige Plum Automatic Screw-Up lip, lip Liner. And, of course, people were like, oh, you can get it matched and stuff. Every time I've had that done, it's it's not the same. It's not the same. It's the texture that's specific and the shade and the fact that it's in an automatic little cranky, crank up thing. Um, that's too, Nobody's ever going to make that for me. But a couple of people were like, oh, I think I found it. I think I found it. I think I found it. And I was like, I'm so sure that I have seen everything. And I looked at those listings and I was like, well, it says it's out of stock there, but it looks like it's not gone. Um, You can buy it. You couldn't last time I looked for it from the Prestige website. Yay! So I bought three of them and they are correct. So now I need to decide how much money I want to spend on a back stock and how long I think that they will last. Because stuff like that doesn't last for five years, even if it's still in its packaging, right? Oh, I'm a really bad person to ask about that. Because I'm... Oh, but waxy stuff gets crumbly after a while. Oh. Yeah. I don't... I never use liner. I, I have a couple liners, and I will use them once in a blue moon, and they're probably over five years old. Ah. Yeah. I need it. I'm too messy. I touch my face too much. Yes. I, I am. I'm too. I have to have something to keep shit in the lines, or else it'll just be all over my face. Oh, you use liner like old timey people use liner. Oh yeah, I use liner all the time. It's a function. I use liner every time I wear lipstick. Yes. Why? How do other people use lip liner? I feel like now they're using liner just as a su- as a substitute for lipstick. Oh, I mean, I've been known to do that too, but I like an ombre. I mean, I don't go crazy about creating it, but I put like a dark raisiny on the outside, and then I put the bright red on. And it blends itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I use the Cruella NARS. Um, and uh, I don't have to think about it. I know exactly, like, how many strokes that I can put it on in. I know exactly how long it's going to last. I don't even have to blot it. Like, it is a no-brainer. And now anytime that that's a hitch in my giddy-up and I have to think about things, I'm like, oh, I, 
I forget how to put this on my face. Oh, it's a new color. Um, but anyway, I'm grateful for the people who who uh, encouraged came me to your to aid. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. I mean, ultimately, I figured it out and I fixed it myself. But I had given up, and people were like, "I think that there's hope on the horizon." Don't give up. Don't give up is an important message, and it's important to have people who will echo that at you. Because then you're like, maybe I have just enough patience and hope for one more try. (laughs) Just enough. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, fuck, buddies. We hope that you have a patient and heart-filled week. Yes. And take pride in the ways in which you have come further than the things that used to hold you up in the past. Yes. Honor it. Honor it. And realize that everything, not everything happens for a reason. That's bullshit. But everything informs who you are and everything is a potential origin story for your superhero powers. And if you're interested in a bee vacuum, please leave us a voicemail on Anchor FM. (laughs) I'm sorry. of our hearts fuck buddies oh you're the bee's knees jen i love you my apiarist lillian (laughs) signing off bye-bye